Welcome to the Bread and Circuses Podcast, brought to you by Digital Pizza, where your hosts talk about anything they damn well please. So strap in while Rome burns and enjoy this shit show. So here we are with episode 20. Did you ever think we'd make it this far, Crow? Are you serious? <laughs> you trying to do that? I'm cut. confused. Way to go, Kim. <laughs> 20 already. It's a push door. <laughs> <laughs> We're uh, referring to Kyle Dunnigan's face stuff swap on our face swap stuff on Instagram. Um, Kyle Dunnigan's a comedian and it's hilarious. If you haven't, if you haven't looked at it. He's yeah, it's some of the funniest stuff. He does Trump and the the Kardashians and Caitlyn Jenner. And Bill Maher. Yeah. Oh God, he does the best Bill yeah. Maher ever. He nails it. He could sit in for Bill Maher. Yeah, they're real short. They're, they're they're worth watching. They're pretty funny. Yeah, they're like a minute at the most. There's a buzzing sound. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, you want to talk about Ant Man and Wasp? I yeah. did my homework. I went and saw it. No, you did half your homework because you didn't you didn't watch uh, Radius. Which no, I is didn't. The Netflix movie. No, I didn't. I have twice about. sat down to to watch it, and then, uh, well, the first time was I played the Division instead, uh-huh. <laughs> and then the second time I actually had to work. Right. So because sometimes I do work at work, but no. So uh, what do you think? Yeah, I think we'll do. I, think, I try to do a spoiler free review for that. Yeah, that's kind of a movie where a lot of people are going to watch that when it comes out on DVD. I think instead of that theater. Really? Think so? I think so, yeah. Oh. So. Um, too bad for them. Yeah. Well, there's, some people, the well, there's some people that just go see like the big movie, like the Avengers and like a lot of the smaller side movies. They, they'll wait for a video. Like Thor. People didn't realize it was going to be, or Ragnarok, Thor Ragnarok. They didn't think it was going to be that great. So they waited. So um, it was, it was the first Ant-Man, first Ant-Man and Wasp were, was, was or Ant-Man was good. Um and the sense of humor with Paul Rudd being in it made it was a little different than than the usual the typical Disney Marvel humor, so that was kind of nice. Um, the second one, Ant Man and Wasp, was pretty much more of the same, like humor wise and and tone. Um, so it's definitely worth watching. And but the a lot of the really cool stuff or the most interesting stuff you see in the trailer is kind of I mean that's what you, what you get. There's nothing different. You know? Yeah, yeah. You know? There's nothing different. So all the cool scenes, you're going to see the the same cool scenes expanded a little bit, like the scene where he grows really big and comes out of the water in the in the trailer. Yeah, you know that that's a cool scene, and it actually is expanded. So I mean, you you get that. Um, but there's like a fight scene with the wasp in a car, where she's shrinking down and, and then getting big and punch people, and then she jumps out the side, you know, kicks out the side window and comes in the front. It's really cool looking. Well, that's pretty much the extent of that fight scene. <laughs> Yeah, the trailer isn't all the good scenes, but yeah. all the good scenes are just like the ones in the trailers. Yeah, the kitchen fight scene that they show in the trailers with the wasp um, fighting all the guys in the kitchen with the guy throwing the knives and the other guy with the mallet, you know, trying to smash her and her, her using, you know, growing, growing and shrinking and kicking ass. That, that's a good scene. It's really well done. Choreography. Who, who's the guy? What's the name of his his buddy? The actor? 
Oh, I don't know the name of the guy, the Hispanic dude. Yeah. Yeah, he's, I, I like him too. Uh, the, he's great. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, well, he's been in a few other movies that people, uh, he did a Bud Light commercial series too. And he's done some Super Bowl. serious roles too. He was, uh, and you know what? I'm almost, po- oh, you know what he was in where I first saw him? Uh, the TV show, The Shield, which was, um, I still have not watched that. It was really good. It had Walter, well, and Walter Goggins, Goggins, the, Goggins, Goggins. the, the bad guy in the Ant-Man and the Wasp, or one of the bad guys. Best actor I've um, ever seen. He was in Justified, but he also was, his first big role was in The Shield. And so that's, um, interesting. So they were both in that, um. What else? Uh, Michael Pena. Okay, yep. Yeah, he does a good job. What's he been in here? Uh, yeah, he was good, though. Especially, uh, oh, he was in, He played Ponch in Chips. Yeah. Uh, let's see, End of Watch. He was in Fury. End of Watch was the serious one I was thinking of that he was in. I didn't see it, but, uh, yeah, that, I mean, he does some serious roles, but I think he's better with this kind of lighthearted kind of role. I know you didn't like Fury. I liked Fury. Oh, he was in, uh, I forgot he was in The Martian, too. It's another good movie. Hmm. Yeah, Martian was a good movie. I'm usually not, I'm hit or miss on Matt Damon, but yeah. The effects were really good. You know, you know what effect was really good? And they've done this, the Marvel movies have done this before. They did it with uh, Robert Down- Downey Jr., but the, the de-aging CGI oh, yeah. is amazing. They do such a good job with that. It does not look weird. You know how you're kind of like expect, you know, the one that looked kind of weird when they de-aged was um, when um, Steve Rogers visited um, Agent Carter when she was elderly and and sick in bed. Yeah. Um, She looked, I mean, it looked great, but then when she'd speak and her mouth move, you kind of see, it was a little bit, there was that uncanny valley kind of thing happening where it wasn't quite right. I don't know if you noticed that, but um, the Robert. But that wasn't de-aging. That's true. That was aging. Yeah. So. But it's the same concept, I guess. But I don't think they did that with CGI, though. Oh yeah, yeah, it was. I could absolutely tell oh, that. I thought they it did was it with just makeup. No, um, but Robert Downey Jr. in that scene where he was kind of doing that uh, computer program where he was seeing his parents again, yeah, was really cool. And but they did it in this one too with uh, Michael Douglas and Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah, and it it looked fantastic. Uh, you know, you can't help but notice because holy shit, they're young. But then you kind of I start with you know taking that that cynical eye and going, okay, it's going to look weird. And, and when he talks and no, it looked really natural. It looked really cool. And it kind of irritates me that I kind of take myself out of the movie to, to analyze it that way. I'm thinking, why am I doing this? It's, it's not, you're not supposed to notice. And, and I wouldn't notice any other time except to know that, you know, this is technology being used like correctly. <laughs> Whereas with like movies like black Panther is a good example where they, they use CGI a lot and a lot of it was shitty. I thought um, the giant rhinos looked really fake in that. There was fight scenes between um, Black well, the Panther. The giant rhinos are fake. Yeah. Black Panther and uh, Kill, uh, Killmonger. Yeah, that. They, a lot of those fights just looked wrong. And there was a uh, there was just a, a lot of CGI used incorrectly in that where it was, it was noticeable where it took you out and go, oh, I'm, I'm looking at CGI. Whereas in Ant-Man and the, and the Wasp, um, even with the shrinking and the growing stuff, you know it's CGI, obviously, but it felt it felt it felt grounded in the reality of the movie. Like you didn't feel like okay, this is CGI pasted on the scene. Like you've got a backdrop and there's CGI happening. You didn't get that feeling from it. It was very integrated. It was really good. Yeah, there was only one scene that that really seemed awkward. It's when he's at the school and he's small and he's yep. running down the steps. Yep, you're right. 
you could tell that that was. Yep, you're right. Uh, yeah. I, now that you mention that, that did kind of get me. It looked a little bit wrong. But that's us being super nerdy yep. about one scene. No, it was good. I, to your Black Panther thing, I remember when we talked about that, you said one of your criticisms was the fight scenes were too dark. You know, you got a. I think partially that's the, the hiding, hiding bad CGI is by making it too dark. Well, I watched it on Netflix or maybe we bought the movie. I don't know. My, my youngest loves Black Panther. So we watched it again. They've, they've uh, lightened that whole scene up. Oh. You can see everything that happens in the first fight oh, scene. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so it's like they're fighting on a moonlit night instead of super dark. So hmm. they must have looked at that and went, oh, shit, we better lighten this up. Hmm. But well, anyway, back to Ant-Man and Wasp. not a movie I'd watch again. I, yeah, it's okay. I mean, again, my kid wanted to watch it, so. Um, I I liked Ant-Man and Wasp. I thought it was really good. I thought... Uh, it, all, all the acting was good. Michael Douglas was good. Michelle Pfeiffer was good in it. Michelle Pfeiffer uh, still looks really oh, good. Oh, she too. looked, she did. She looked fantastic. <laughs> I mean, she's what, like 60? And yeah. she looks amazing. And when she, they first, actually, when they first showed her, I was going to be like, what's she going to look like? I was a little, like, a little apprehensive about it. And I was like, man, she looks good. Um, you know, else looks good. Evangeline Lilly, the wasp. Yeah. She, man, she is stunning. She I is thought stunning. she looked better in the first movie, but then I like short hair. So. Oh, no, I thought she, oh, I, I like longer hair, but she looked great. And she's, uh, What's funny about her is I heard when she was on Lost, um, someone did an interview with her and I, I can't remember. She came off like kind of came across kind of like wrong. Like she was like, you know, I don't like all this um, focus on beauty and I don't want people to say I'm beautiful and because I'm an actress. And I'm the best. Like, and I think she finally at one point kind of like embraced her beauty. <laughs> like I think during the Lord of the Rings kind of uh, where she was the ninja elf, which is what Aren't I call they ninja elves. Well, they really the, the latest the last batch of of uh, Lord of the Rings movies with the Hobbit, with with Legolas and her, they were basically ninjas. It was ridiculous. It's like overboard. How, that whole scene, how with awesome the, the 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 you know the um, elves are. The dwarves in the barrel going down the river. Yeah. That hated that ridiculous. scene. Ridiculous. That made, like, the, really? made the dwarves look like idiots. Made the elves look like supernatural ninjas. Yeah. Um, but anyway, she looked great in that too. She's a she's a she's a stunning lady. She's a good actress too. Yeah. But. She is. I've, I saw two different interviews with her on Craig Ferguson's show. I like Craig Ferguson a lot. Yeah, I've actually probably seen these because there's a whole. She comes off as really goofy. Yeah, but on Ferguson's show, I think a lot of these actresses, I bet half of them are drunk when they go on his show. Yeah, because maybe. he because he makes them nervous because he's he's kind of he 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 just catches them off guard and he's he's lecherous but he's like charming when he does it and like a little off-putting for these women. So they're like, yeah, they know what they're getting into. Like, I got to have a few drinks before I do this. Well, he's, he's lecherous in the, the best friend you've known since like junior high kind of way. He's just, yeah, he's nothing's going to happen. No, no, he's no. just making jokes. No. And, and it's, it's, but it's still, it's uncomfortable because if you, if you respond wrong, you look bad. So you have to respond in the right way to him. I think these women are, I think, like I said, half of, some of them are like, they, they give it right back to them and they're funny. But some of them you could tell they like got a little drunk, I think, beforehand, <laughs> just to, just to loosen up. I think she might have been one of those. Well, there's a whole series of YouTube clips about actresses saying like really provocative stuff on his uh, mm-hmm. on his show. If you watch any of those, most of them start it. It's yeah. like they come out and say, "I just want to do this on my terms." So yeah, no, I I, I got into a little rabbit hole of watching his clips of him with different actresses, and uh, it was it was pretty funny. I mean, yeah. and some of these. Chicks came across as pretty, pretty sexy. <laughs> You're like, oh, I like her. Maybe before you didn't think so. Yeah. Did you um, did you like the protagonist in uh, in Ant Man? 
and Wasp. The, the antagonist or antagonist, antagonist. yes. Um, I tried to sound smart there, and it didn't work. I liked, yeah. They show a ghost. They show the the woman in white or the it, obviously it's a woman, so I'm not giving anything away. But that she kind of phases through walls and stuff. I thought it was that was a cool effect too, and it made sense. Yeah, and she was. Uh, she's that actress from. She was in Killjoys. Yeah. Yep. Uh, she's in Black Mirror too. A, a really terrible show. I wanted to be good, but it Kill wasn't. Joys? Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's like mindless popcorn fun. It was like Serenity with bad writing, and or Firefly with bad writing, and not yeah. as good acting. Yep. So. Uh, yeah, I like her too. I've, she was in uh, Ready Player One. She was the kind of the kick-ass uh, corporate. Assassin, I guess, is what they called. That. Didn't didn't see that movie. Yeah, it wasn't. It was all right. It wasn't anything special. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, Ant Man Wasp worth worth watching. Uh, it's a good family movie too. Maybe yeah, there it. was no. I mean, like kids are younger, and there was nothing in there they couldn't see. Nothing that even made me a little cringy. Nope. So unlike oh, unlike uh, Show Dogs, one one scene that I'm gonna have to should I ruin it? Maybe not because it made me laugh out loud. It was pretty funny. It's when um, they're um, Pena, Michael Pena is getting interrogated. Oh yeah, don't don't tell him about okay. it. Okay, but I think it's you, good. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Yep. It cracked me up when it happened. Yep. All right. <laughs> and then when that then when that situation gets reversed, um, that's good too. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that's not. The, maybe we're on a little. When he's being interrogated. Yeah, but but there's something that happens. Like it's, it's a little surprising that happens, and uh, and it, it made me laugh because everybody's reaction was so funny. Oh okay. So, but we'll move on. We don't. I I don't want to keep talking about it because we will give spoilers away. I don't want to do that. You gotta. You have to stay through the end credit scene though. Just just the first. Just the first. There's two end credit scenes. There's. Oh, like I a, only there, saw the first. Yeah, one. there's a mid credit scene that's very. You know, you need to stay for that. But then if you wait till all the credits are over with, there's another scene. Oh, but I didn't it's see it's, it's nothing you have to see. It's it's it doesn't really expand upon anything. So. Oh, well. I mean, I could actually tell you and it wouldn't be a big deal. All right, tell me. Um, okay, so he's going to tell me, so deal with yeah, it. Yeah, it's only going to take like 30 seconds, so skip forward. Uh, it's just that uh, one of the big ants is playing his drum set, uh-huh. and you'll see it's after the events of the last Avengers movie. And so you'll see like a TV is on and it's running a, um, I think it's like the the, symbol, the the signal that's saying there's no nothing broadcasting. Yeah. And then it kind of... Uh, Emergency broadcast. Yeah, so, and then. it's only like 10 seconds long. And it, so the camera kind of moves through the house. You hear the drums, and then it shows the ant playing the drums, and then it goes, Ant-Man and Wasp will return. So it's not worth staying to see. Ah, okay. But the, the mid credit scene, though, that was... Yeah, that's, that's integral. You gotta see yeah, that you one. you have to see that, so... So... All right. You wanna do the brick quick? Well, that was lighthearted enough. Let's, All right. let's move into something more serious. You want to talk about Maxine Waters. Low IQ Maxine, yes. <laughs> I don't know if she's stupid, but she's old and yeah, okay, she's stupid. Uh she's she's crafty. I mean she 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 knows how far she can push her sedition. <laughs> no, she doesn't. She doesn't she goes way beyond yeah, where she should go. Legally, I don't think it, there's there's nothing legally she can I, prosecute. You think she could I think she could. I think she's okay. I think she's a sick, partially senile woman. Yeah. This whole, I mean, if if someone had got up there and started yelling in Peach 44, the world would have gone yeah. apeshit. But her thing is, she's basically going out there and inciting people to riot. When she goes, no peace, no sleep, like go to these people's yeah. houses and yell and scream and don't let them sleep. She's a terrible human being. 
Yeah, you can tell she's surrounded by people that uh, that feed into her her delusions of kind of grandeur too. That she thinks she she's got a lot of uh, arrogance. Yeah, she thinks she's got a lot of things to say, and she's smart um, because people around her, I think, kind of like uh, you know they they feed into it. See, I think the dangerous thing is people like her. We've talked about this before, you know, this Jordan Peterson idea of the the Jungian principle that you have to understand your darkness. You have to be able to look at yourself and say, damn, I could could be a bad person. I'm capable of some bad things. I'm capable of some bad shit. And these social justice warriors not only don't think that, they think that their darkness is virtue. So in other words, if they could do harm to other people that they disagree with. They will justify that somehow. That's the whole punch a Nazi thing. Well, there's also a lot of projection going on where they they project all their most negative kind of aspects onto onto their enemy. And I don't know. I don't think it's a conscious thing. I think that's just they see the capacity. They without knowing it, they see the capacity for evil or for just rottenness in themselves. But they won't accept it. I don't think. And they they project that onto their onto people. They you know on somebody else. Well, that's the whole gun control thing. And again, I don't want to go off on a gun control deal, but I think that is why so many lefties want to ban guns because they subconsciously, I think, know, hey, man, if I had them, you couldn't trust me with them, yep. you know? Yep. Um, and I just think she's a bad person. You, There are lots of people I disagree with. I don't want to say a lot of people I don't like. There's just a lot of people I disagree with. I would not really dream of Seriously, I would not seriously think about doing them harm, right? Because that's it's just wrong, you right? Know? And if if here's the thing, I, I I despise her. I despise uh I despise a lot of politicians, yeah, um, and not just on the left either, not just Democrats. There's some Republicans I despise. Um, the if I was at uh having dinner and one of them walked in with their family and sat down. I would do like this. I'd be like the raised eyebrow, like look who's here. Ugh, this fucking guy. And that's yeah, that's that's the extent of it. I wouldn't imagine interrupting their dinner, much less anybody else's dinner there, or the or the establishment's business to fuck with them or to to signal my virtue, you know, to to signal my outrage that I can't I can't be be associated with this person. That I can't even have them near me. That's that's not even a thought that would come in my head. But that's what the the fucking left is now. The left is all about the just the, the outrage and virtue signaling to, and to fuck everybody else. Fuck if you're going to fuck up people's night. Fuck if you're going to, you know, if you're going to destroy a business, if you're going to destroy someone's reputation, if you're going to make it so that a person can't get a job and feed their family, they deserve it in their, in their mind. Well, and it's coming back to them on this Me Too stuff. I know, and I'm loving it. I've got a, 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 a shot in Chubby. <laughs> yeah. Well, there was, um, so schadenfreude that, is that's when you're, you delight in somebody else's expense when they're, when they're suffering. And, uh, yeah, we're getting that good from having the left kind of, you know, getting, getting a taste of their own medicine now. Like the James Gunn thing. Yeah. J, uh, James Gunn is the director of, well, before, did we talk about that already? I don't think we did, but okay. before we get into that. Guardians of the Galaxy he directed. Yeah. So, you know, th- I remember seeing this and there are certainly people on the right who are bad actors too. I'm not going to deny that. But I just don't think it's anywhere near the same or the same level, you know. And I don't think a whole lot of people on the right support, you know, people going on. Look, most of the people on who own guns are on the right. And I think if there was a serious problem, you'd see way more shootings. But I remember seeing probably a couple years into Obama's 
presidency, there was a Tea Party rally, and this guy had a sign of showed Obama, and it had um, him in front of Nazi flags, and he had the little mustache on, and there was a woman from this Tea Party rally who went up to him and said, "What are you doing?" She's like, "This isn't helping. You know, he's not he's not Hitler. Cut it out. You're screwing this up." And the guy goes. Well, I think he is Hitler. And she's like, you're an idiot. And I think there's more policing like that on the right than there is on the left. I know CNN and MSNBC, Bill Maher don't agree, but I disagree with them. So we're even. But, you know, it's 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 coming back to bite him on this whole. I mean, so we're mentioning James Gunn, the whole Me Too thing. He, uh, I mean, the left is, they've run out of people on the right to go after it because people on the right are starting to say, fuck you, I'm not listening. They're stepping to you. back, they're disengaging. They're yeah. like, I, you know what, you're, you're not going to. So now the left yeah. is eating itself. And James Gunn wrote some, did you see the tweets? Yeah, they're terrible. Yeah. And they were 10 years ago. They're pretty horrible sort of pedophilia kind of stuff. He, what he is, what he did, and they're calling him jokes. It's not jokes what he said. These are just statements. These are statements meant to shock and, and he admits that. And he, he, you can tell his, he's the type of guy who he, he's not funny. He can't be funny. He may, maybe he at one point tried to be funny and realized I'm not a funny guy. So what's the next best thing to get a reaction out of people? It's to shock them, to say something shocking. It's like the dumb man's humor. You know what guy he is? So you're at a party and you're having a disagreement with somebody like, and it's like, is this going to turn into a fight or something? You know, you're sort of yelling back and forth a couple of guys. He's the guy's friend who comes up from behind you and tries to punch you. Yeah. He's he's he, he's terribly immature, I think, and he admitted that he did things for shock value. I mean, the mo- first movies he made were like real pieces of shit because he worked for a company named Troma. And they yeah, make these know. really shitty, like low-budget sci-fi. Like, have you ever seen Toxic Avenger? Yeah. that's 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 their studio. And it's a real, it's real lowbrow, shitty stuff. And uh, it's, it's part of it is the, the, the humor aspect, quote unquote, humor aspect of it is to be shocking and, uh, and, and gore. Like they're known for being very gory, like just disgustingly gory um, for, for the shock value of it. And I think it's like, it's all that the whole uh, authority thing, you know, not, not wanting to conform to the authority or to society. And then, you know, you want to show them, well, I can do what I want to do. Well, that's one way of doing it is being shocking. So he would say these things to get it, to elicit a response because it's shocking and it made him feel, you know, made him feel cool. But on the other hand, he said way too many of these, wrote down way too many of these real creepy pedo, um, just gross things that you know, every once in a while, if you're saying something shocking you know, and you mix it with other things, great. But the amount of stuff he said, I have a feeling he's got something going on that's m- more than just trying to shock. I think he's got some pedo creeper in him. Yeah, I don't know. I don't necessarily buy that. I think what it was is, and I'm going to go with the whole, you know, don't attribute to uh, maliciousness what can e- easily be explained by ignorance. And I'll substitute arrogance for ignorance. I think... I remember Gavin McInnes saying this about Ben Affleck and part of the reason he got into it with Sam Harris on Marshall was that Ben Affleck probably doesn't have anybody around him who thinks differently or disagrees with him, you know? And so he says something like, oh, these fucking Republicans are idiots and all of his friends go, yeah, uh uh-huh. I mean, none of them ever go, well, like what? 
you know. And I think James Gunn probably had a bunch of friends of him around, friends around him who felt the same sort of way. Just hey, say something shocking, and they say this, and they all kind of oh man, and look what he just did. Yeah, oh my god, I can't believe he did. Can't that. believe he said that. How oh, it would help. No, and cool. even if even if some of them didn't like it, they said they said uh, I don't like it. So. Well, that noise is showing up on my screen here. We got. Do you want to pause it? Yeah, there's some. Nah, we'll just. Right. There's a little bit of construction going on underneath us. So. Yeah, we're in. Uh, we're in an office building recording this. So uh, somebody ripping up a floor next to us. So. Uh, but so, we kind of transitioned for, off of Maxine Waters into James Gunn, which is kind of what we do. But well, Maxine is. I, I we, we didn't really explain what no, really got what, us though. So let's. So get, go ahead. Yeah. So she. Um, she had come out with that speech, um, and I'm sure everybody heard this already, where she was basically telling um, Democrats and her supporters to go harass um, um, people that were um, uh, associated with Trump. So she was saying, don't let them rest. You know, uh, you get groups together, you attack, you harass them at the gas station, at the restaurant. You don't let them sleep. You you go, you go at them. And, and basically one step away from saying fucking make a mob and beat the shit out of them. Yeah, go to their, go to their houses and yell and don't let them sleep. Yeah. And so no, no, no peace, no sleep. Yeah. That's what she so, was saying. I mean, right up to the edge. And, uh, so there was the oath keepers, which is a group of, uh, former and, and current law enforcement that are a group of people, guys that I think the oath is basically to uphold the constitution. That's where the name comes from. And they go out and they do protests. And a lot of them, a lot of them show up armed at these protests because a lot of times they are protesting or they're rallying for the second amendment. Um, but they'll do other protests too. But, um, they had planned on showing up and protesting outside of Maxine waters office. And, um, the Maxine got word of it because I think they filed for a, a permit to do it. And she got word of it and she went out and, um, was it tweets? I can't remember if it was, what, I don't she know. sent messages out basically saying, Hey, a bunch of right wing militia are going to show up, but, but don't, don't show up and engage them. Wink, wink, you know, yeah. because you know, there could be trouble, you know? So, um, of course, no, knowing full well, what would happen? She, she, got, she rallied the troops and the Antifa and all, all the, uh, pieces of shit that come out looking to, looking to punch a Nazi. Yeah. So, uh, um, I guess the word spread that that was going to happen, and the oath keeper said, eh, "This could get this could get bad if we show up." You know, they were showing restraint. They're like, "Yeah, we this could make a pretty bad situation if 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 it ends up being a clash between us and them." So we just won't show up. Well, when they didn't show up, her her people still showed up. The Antifa still showed up. The the people looking to start a fight showed up on her side, and uh, looking for trouble. And there was there was no. Oath keepers there, so they found a truck driving through that had an American flag on it with a couple white guys in it, and they attacked that um, truck, threw stuff inside the windows, grabbed the flag, and burned the flag, and danced around the flag, and you know, shouts of black power and all and kinds am- of shit going and on. America was never great, right? And uh, then uh, there was an interviewer that showed up um, with his uh, was a, a YouTube guy that's kind of. Uh, what's his name? Slightly, slightly offensive. Yeah, I've never seen his stuff. I've, I've, I've never heard. heard of I've him. heard of him lately, but I haven't seen his stuff. He, you know, he's on the right, I believe. He's kind of a Milo lookalike. Yeah, I mean, a little bit blonde-haired white guy, all spiked up, and uh, he shows up and wants to talk to people, and uh, he gets confronted and basically run. I mean, really, not basically, literally, run off with threat of violence, and actually he gets hit at one point 
while they're telling him to leave, and he finally gets hit and starts running off and with his cameraman, who's black, and uh, they get into a car and take off. They call them the token black guy. Yeah. Someone he was interviewing said, you can't come in here with your token minority and feel like you can say what you want to say. Yeah, so... And but, he was asking questions. He wasn't wasn't making statements. But yeah, they, these guys have come up, these militant... I mean, you could tell by the uh, the, the chip on their shoulder and the attitude and the look and, and the, the, the way they were uh, uh, acquitted and dressed, that they were like the black nationalist types were getting in his face and saying, do you support Black Lives Matter? Do you support Palestine? Blah, blah, blah. Get the fuck out of here. No, you know. No, it was, are you from Black Lives Matter? He said, no. They said, are you from Liberate Palestine? Which, I don't know why that has anything to do with that. Oh, it's intersectionality. Yeah. Everything's connected on the left. He said, no. And then they said, then get the fuck out of here. And there's a guy with a bullhorn yelling in his face. Yeah. I mean, like inches away. And then within about 30 seconds, I mean, it then you hear him, and then you kind of the camera gets a little wild because I think someone's messing with the cameraman. You hear him go, "Hey, don't touch me!" And then you see another guy take a swipe at him, and at that point, you're like, "Okay, now he's thinking they're okay. They're going to jump me." Yeah, and that's when he kind of takes off. Yeah. Well, and you said you even thought that maybe that was maybe that was fake. Well, no, no, the, taking taking off wasn't fake. I no, think. but the the but a the, random the, yeah, stranger supposedly a random car saw them getting chased and pulled over and let them in. And I'm thinking that car was their backup to begin with, but I have no proof of that. Yeah. So it was just like another thing where they were going to try to like, hey, this random stranger picked us up, and I don't, I'm pretty sure that wouldn't happen. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if I saw if you saw a white guy getting chased by a mob of black people, would you think to stop? I would, yeah, but uh, you, you, you never know. Maybe the white guy is like a, a chomo, and they're, you know, all of a sudden you let this guy in your car, and you're your target now. I don't even for, know what a, I don't even know what a chomo is. A child molester. Oh. <laughs> Prison talk. Well, you had to go there. Right. No. no, I, I don't know anything, uh, anything about that uh, slightly offensive guy. I'm guessing by his name, he's he's a happy provocateur. But I don't know what side he's on or anything. But, but the burning of the flag and the, the the delight in the burning of the flag, um, and the just the the party atmosphere of hey fuck America basically and fuck Trump and fuck his supporters. And and uh, we can do whatever we want, and we can. If anybody shows up we don't like, they won't stay for long because we'll run them off. And if they don't get run off, we'll beat the shit out of them, and nothing will happen. There'll be no consequences. That's the attitude that's starting to happen, and it's getting pushed forward by people like Maxine Waters that are that are saying, "Hey, you go do this," and and um, and then they see this, they see. Um, Hey, we stopped the Oath Keepers from showing. We we stopped a militia right when the militia was showing up. And you know what? When a white boy showed up and got in our faces, we ran his ass off too. And, and he knew better. And you know, and it's like it's going to escalate. There was some <clears throat> older black gentleman trying to sort of stop him. He was like putting his arms out and getting in front of him, like "Run, go, run!" You know, he's trying to make sure nobody heard him. Yeah. But, yeah. And then they, I think they interviewed him afterwards, and he was like, "Yeah, just just don't come down here." Uh, that's not really how this is supposed to work, but. I know you and I have disagreed on this before, um, and it's a. I think some people say it's a weird position for me to hold, but it's, I it's very black and white to me. I hundred percent support people's right to burn the flag. I think it's free speech. I think it's disgusting. It's disrespectful. And if I saw it happening in front of me, I would try and stop it. But you know, again, I'll go back to that Scalia thing where he says, "Look, if." If you're king, he says, if I'm king, I say you can't do it. 
but I'm not. We have a constitution, and the constitution says you can. I don't know. I think it'd be okay to have to have an amendment just for like the flag. I, I think I think I'd be okay with saying that yeah, there's freedom of speech, but you know, this is the one thing we carve out where yeah, if you if you do desecrate the flag, you'll get a fine, you'll get punished for it. I wouldn't mind that. That at See, all. I'm I'm of two minds on that. I don't like the idea of this this um I love the idea that to people who have served or family members of people who've served that that flag means something beyond just being a flag. Like there's a lot of people who will burn it and say it's just a flag. It's basically a rag, which I don't agree with. But the idea that that's a symbol that you can't touch, I think is is opposite of what the what the framers intended, you know, as governmental power, but at the same time I think you could also make an argument if you were going to have an amendment like that that's saying, hey, flag burning is the match that starts a riot. Yeah. And that is, that does fall into the category yeah, you know, of you fire in a crowded yeah, theater. Exactly. I think, I think you could do that, something like that, without harming um, the principles of the Constitution and all that. I think it would be, it would be okay. I, I, I think you would harm the principles of the Constitution. I'm just saying, I think you can make a good case for it. Excuse me. Good case for it either way. And, uh... Well, incitement to riot is a crime. Yeah. So, I mean, there are ways to construe that as... But it's the thing before the crime, I guess, is what I'm saying. Yeah. So, it's hard to say. So, you have some stuff about what the crowd was yelling. Well, yeah, and that's another another part of the problem is her supporters, a lot of her supporters are like... Like the Antifa types and the, the black separatist black power types so when they ripped the flag off of this truck and uh got the lighty, lighter fluid and started burning it on fire kind of dancing and dancing around it um they were uh, there were shouts of this is not our flag this is their flag back up a second though you said got the lighter fluid out if they actually did use lighter fluid what the hell did they have lighter fluid there for i think i think it was like someone ran home or ran to the store and got it i think it's that I think that's what I'm getting out of the uh, the deal. Like either either someone's home nearby that ran and got it, or once they either got way, the flag. bad decision. Yeah. So, but this is when you say this is not our flag, this is their flag, and it's a group of non-whites. You know what they're, they're what they mean? It's, it's, it's the white man's flag. It's not the not the people of color's flag. It's not the black people's color our flag. They were shouting "Black Power, Resist" was another thing that they were shouting. Now, you're not going to get people. Um, screeching and screaming and yelling for Maxine to come out and de- de- uh, denounce that and say I do not at all support black separatists um, and black nationalists and using um, you know um, a protest um, to, to espouse that in my name I have you know nobody's gonna say that but if it were the other way around anytime you have any of these clowns show up at any kind of rally or protest that are you know what are that kind of thing going on immediately they're the whoever's in the vicinity is tarred with that. They're like, well, you're a bunch of racists. You know, why don't you denounce that guy? And they're like, I did. I've done it. I'll do it again. No, no, no. You you know, that's, you know, you're just now, um, you're just saying that to, to, to you know, uh, hide what you really are, you know? So, uh, but, but it, the outrage is, is right away. It's like, oh, you're, you're hanging out with white nationalists. You're hanging out with Nazis and, and look, look what this is. And it's like the very small portion of the nuts show up at a, at a rally on the right. And like a lot of good examples, the tea party, Every once in a while, you get some nut show up, and he'd say something racist, 
And the rest of the tea party would be like, yeah, this guy's not with us. Go away. Or they'd chase him off. Or, But the media would show up and they'd immediately put the cameras right in this one clown and say, yeah, this is indicative of, of what you're dealing with. And um, whoever the Tea Party was supporting, whatever congressman or whatever um, um, politician they were supporting, was all of a sudden it was like, now it's up to you. you have, we, we're demanding that you renounce these people and renounce the bigotry and the hatred and all that. But you're not going to get anybody doing that to Maxine Waters. No. But, and you know, it's this hypocrisy and double standard that's just, it drives me absolutely insane. Yeah. Well, you know, on that racism thing, do you see the, did you see the um, stumble across this? Two people I like, Scott Adams, who's not, who says he's not really on the right. I think he leans that way. Um, and Owen Benjamin. Yeah. Owen I, Benjamin they, going after yeah, Scott Adams. I saw that. Scott Adams it said. Was an interesting, it was an interesting. It was, it was a very good point. Yeah. So Scott Adams said, uh, creator of Dilbert was a different kind of thinker and different in a in a good and interesting way he said and i think very innocently said Mm -hmm. when someone calls you a racist why doesn't the right come out and say i'm not a racist well it's never worked before because they say well you may not do racist things but because you are white there's a systematic racism that you're benefiting from and we get the whole white privilege thing so you can't you can't get around it but owen benjamin who I think said he has a lot of respect for Scott Adams, he said, does, yeah. said um, it doesn't work and you're being naive. He said, because we, he goes, white people shouldn't do that because it's insulting. He says, if statistics show that black people cre- uh, um, uh, commit more crime, which the statistics show, we're not going to get into why that is, you know, that's what they show. You can say that's systematic. You could say it's behavioral, whatever, not making the argument either way. But Owen Benjamin says, it would be insulting to say to black people, you have to say you're not a criminal. And I thought, wow, that's a different way to look at that. And yeah. it does put it in perspective. I've always said, you know, don't say I'm not racist because they don't care. They don't, it's like it's like a kid saying to you, well, I'm not lying. You know, if you think they're lying, you're going to call them a liar. Yeah, no, it was it was an interesting um it wasn't a debate because Owen Benjamin was basically playing his video, he was commenting, kind of video on commenting on it. But he, I think he would absolutely say the same thing to his face. And I think it would be a good back and forth between the two of them. I think it would be in good faith. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Owen Benjamin gets labeled as alt right. Oh, and he embraces it. He's like, yeah, it, he's not. And he, and, but the thing is, he'll say things just to get people. And let's going back to this kind of outrage thing. He, but he's funny. That's yeah. the difference. And he's sometimes making a subversive joke out of it and not just making a crazy statement. He's saying something outrageous because either a, it's a freedom of speech thing. And he's like, if you're going to label me something um, and and try to find out of context things, you're going to find out of context things to make it happen. So here you go. Here's some, some some things just blurts them out. (laughs) He's like, I'll save you the trouble, but it's, it's not, he doesn't, it's not in his heart that he's not, he's not racist and he knows it. Yeah. But he, he does. His point and has been made by many other people. If racists aren't going to hide their racism, you know, they're going to be out and proud about it, you know, and especially if there's more racism now than ever. And the, the idea is let people say racist shit if they want to, because that Ben Shapiro says this, that identifies who the racists are. And then you can decide uh, not to, if you don't want to associate with them, if you don't want to support their business, if you don't want to, you know, associate with them, then at least it's out in the open. You know, you're not wondering, is this person racist? I don't know. 
Is he hiding it really well? When you say the racists are out in the open about it, I think you're, I'm going to push back on that because there's a lot of racism on the left. And it's that bigotry of thinking that, you know, you know, that I'm the soft bigotry, basically like we, they, they can't do for themselves. So we have to do for them. Yeah, I the thing is, I don't think they realize that's it they, that they're racist. Yeah, but they, but they, and I don't think they understand that the things they're saying are racist because they're taking, they're taking the definition of racist, which is thinking they, they as white people believe that they have to help black people who are lesser than them. You know, <laughs> they traffic in fear. You know, oh, they're going to throw you in chains. They would never say that to white people. If you said, well, why don't you say they're going to throw the white people in chains? I go. Well, that's ridiculous because, you know, people don't put white people and in chains. we wouldn't allow it. And by the way, there's been way more slavery in the history of the world with white people than there has been with blacks. I mean, when the Romans were conquering the world and taking slaves, they weren't conquering Africa. I mean, northern Africa and Egypt and maybe, but I mean, they ran roughshod over all of Europe. So those were all white people they enslaved. So and they didn't just subjugate them. It was slavery. Yeah. Well, we're getting to a bigger discussion about that kind of stuff now than I was intending. Because that's what we do. But the, the, the Maxine water stuff is getting out of hand. And I think uh, something needs to be done about it. Um, She's never going to get voted out. Yeah. But the whole... Oh, this is what I'm getting frustrated with. Is, but hold on. You know what she's going to do? She's going to cause a lot of other sort of fringe Democrats to not get elected. A Democrat in a red state that voted for Trump is going to have a hard time saying I'm on the same side with Maxine Waters. No, I hope came so. out and burned the flag. So, I I'm getting frustrated with the people on the right that want to have a rally or a speech or a protest or whatever, what have you, and I'm getting really tired of them doing it by the rules and getting disarmed and getting corralled into certain, you know, zones where they can where they can be and then to have these leftists and these antifa show up and basically have free reign, be able to bring their weapons, be, be able to go where they want and harass and throw fireworks and shit bottles and all kinds of stuff and then when when the rallies dispersed or the the protest is dispersed or or, or um, stopped or or it's or it's over legitimately ending and the people are leaving, that's when the Antifa a lot of times decide now is our chance. Now is when we attack, when they're splitting off, when when the pro, when the right side, the conservatives are splitting off from their protest and going to their vehicles or going to the um, to the buses or whatever. This is the time to attack. And I'm getting tired of it because, for one, the, the people on the right that are doing this the right way and getting the permits and getting disarmed before they show up, the police are actually patting them down and taking away anything that can be considered a weapon or even protective gear a lot of times. You know, like a gas mask or like a face mask, they'll take those, um, and and they're they're putting them in harm's way by doing that because these antifa aren't getting disarmed; they're showing up with weapons. Do you think that we will? You know, sort of. Who are these? Um, who are the guys who show up at the like the Freedom Riders and stuff? They show up at. Uh, it's probably not their name. I don't think that's it. They show up at the uh, funerals of soldiers that the uh, church and. The Westboro Baptist. Westboro Baptist, Baptist was. Uh, yeah, I can't remember these. They're bikers, and they show up, and they. But they, they show make, up, and they basically corral those people in, so yeah. they can't disrupt the stuff. I mean, they do it peaceably. But do you think we're going to hit a point where maybe like a group like Oath Keepers is showing up? If that does happen, it's going to be violent because the but, Westboro Baptist Church is way too small to to push back. What I mean by showing up is, 
not like the Proud Boys did with uh, one group where they sort of marched behind them. Yeah. And, but I mean that they're aware of, hey, here's where they're going to take these guns away from these people. Here's where their permit's going to be. Here's the area they're going to have to march through. And they just, they, they just say, fuck it. We're going to make way for them. I, I think that's going to I think it's going to, and I'm looking forward to it. I'm not looking forward to the fact that it could look, it could get really bad. There could be deaths in I'm, this. And I'm not, I don't want to see that. I'm not looking forward to it in the sense that it will cause, you know, harm to anybody. Yeah, I, don't, yeah, I, don't. I would, the scenario I would look forward to is them showing up and Antifa having to back down. That's, that's the, that's without, yeah, that's the optimal thing that I want to see. Happen. I mean, yeah. some pepper spray and throwing stuff, but certainly nobody getting no, hurt. I, I, it, it, it would be, it wouldn't look good for anybody. It, it, optically, it would be bad, you know, just morally. It's well, just again, a bad thing I, have happened, but. these Antifa people disgust me. The fact that they, they use, uh, gang tactics to harm people. They do it with anonymity and, uh, um, impunity. Uh, they disgust me. I don't want them to get hurt. If they get hurt, if, you know, one of the, like when that, when one of the women from that one March knocked one of them down was just pounding the hell out of him while he was on the ground. Yeah. Um, there's a part of me that says, all right, you had that coming. You started this. You brought it on yourself. By the way, I, I, I don't want women at these uh, protests either when they, when they're going to get violent and you say they need to stay out of this. Sexist. Well, yeah. Well, call call me what you will, but uh, the Antifa do it a lot. They'll they'll put women in the front lines because they know that the people on the right are are reluctant to engage or to hit. You know, obviously because it's a woman. But uh, these fucking pussies stand behind the women and talk shit. And like the bike lock guy is a good example. The oh, yeah. the guy that he didn't kill somebody. There was a dude on his knees with his hands up, and there was women kind of in front of him on the Antifa side that were you know calling him names or whatever and this little fucker comes weaseling in from behind slams the guy in the head of the bike lock and then disappears into the crowd and then they basically closed ranks and allowed him to to get away from that situation and um, I think that's wrong because that's going to get women really fucked up and hurt and killed too and that's going to make it even ten times worse well and and I don't want women on the right either doing it I mean I do appreciate having women you know that are passionate about it and want to support but don't get in the front lines. Don't get in a situation where things are going to get ugly, and then all of a sudden you're taking a two by four to the face or something. You don't. I don't. I don't want to see that. Yeah. Well, I'm going to make a prediction about the next two years. I think we're going to see Me Too continue to eat itself a little bit for another six, eight, twelve months, and then I think the left's going to get wise to that and say, No, no, no. We're going after our own here. We have to refocus on the other guys. You know, and go after the right. And I think at that point, the right will have gone, you know what? Nothing ever happens. So, no. Call me what you want. Try and protest me all you want. I don't care. This doesn't go anywhere. And uh, that's when I think it's going to get violent because I think the Antifa types are going to escalate Yeah, they'll feel really impotent at that point. Yeah. They'll need to do something. When you can't shame people or scare them off, and there's going to be people who start saying... You know, when they say, oh, you have to take that back. And I'm not talking about vile things like the pedophile stuff that, or just flat out racist things that people might say. I mean, someone's going to say something where, um, oh, what was the, like the shirt at Target that was the Walking Dead shirt that said eeny, meeny, miny, moe on it and had Negan's bat. And a bunch of people protested it and said, uh, that's racist Hmm. because... The eeny, meeny, miny, moe used to be catch a... 
Oh, yeah. You know, by the toe. Catch, you mean catch a tiger by the toe? Yeah. <laughs> sort of like tiger. <laughs> Except by tiger, you mean the N-word. Yeah, which I hate saying, but I also don't want to get kicked off any platform. So, um, but the idea that that was a racist shirt and Target should have just come out and said, and I understand and respect Target's point of view. They're saying, look, we don't want to be protested. It's a capitalistic decision. Again, I'm a capitalist. They made their choice. I'm fine. But you're going to see someone who wears a shirt like that, somebody famous, someone will take a picture of it and say, see, they're a racist. At some point, we're going to have people start saying, shut up. You know, no, I'm not. I'm wearing a T-shirt about a show I like. So that's what I think is going to happen. Well, there's another instance where um, I can't remember if this was San Francisco or not. I should look it up. But where... uh, a black woman was stabbed as she was getting off at, um, I think it was a light rail by a white guy. And the police aren't saying that it's racially motivated, which I'm assuming right now at this point that he's a kind of a nut and, you know, one of those guys that should have been locked up and, and stabbed the first person he saw off the train. I'm That's what I'm assuming. I could be wrong. I'm not, I'm not, uh, there's nothing definitive about it yet, but, but I, I don't know what the whole situation is, but there was a, uh, memorial done like a public memorial for this girl, like a kind of a sporadic, you know, social media influence kind of thing. And um, they were having a, what, what's it's not a memorial, but a vigil. They yeah. had a vigil for her. And then uh, the, she died. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think she was with either her friend or her sister who was in critical condition. And it's, it's a sad story. It's just sickening. And you know, I want to hear the whole, what happened and why this guy did this and, and you know, how, why was how did it get to that point now if he was a crazy bastard why was he out on the streets if he was a racist bastard why was he out in the streets yeah um but so at this vigil the social media rumor mill started started up that um the proud boys which is that that um gavin mcginnis uh, yeah western so uh, west western chauvinist group that gavin mcginnis started basically it's a men's club and they are adamantly not racist they're at they're actually there's a lot of the members are Hispanic or black or Asian or whatever. And they're, they're not, you know, anti-gay, they you know, gays in the organization. So they're, they're not, that's not what they're about. They're just pro Western um, values and pro West. Yes. So anyway, so the word got out that, that the proud boys were going to try to um, disrupt the event, which is bullshit because that's not something it was on Monday, on Monday night. Um, well, that's because the guy who stabbed that woman was a proud boy. And that's another thing that got out was like, oh, he was a white supremacist and he was a proud boy. Yeah, he was. And, and so. Um, I heard it on the news, so it's true. So that started spreading. Well, when nobody showed up at it, obviously, then the word spread that, oh, the proud boys are having a meeting nearby at like a bar. And that's what's going on. And they're they're really rubbing rubbing our noses being nearby like that. So what happened was a lot of these these people at the vigil decided they're going to have a little mob and they're going to go confront them. Well, it was bullshit. They're, they were never there. It was, there was no, nothing to do with the Proud Boys. The statement the Proud Boys had basically was like, our heart goes out to this beautiful woman. We're, we're very sorry this happened, that kind of thing. Um, so what they did... That was, that was before they yeah. knew she was black, though, right? <laughs> yeah. So what they did is they found some random white guy on the street wearing a, a shirt that had an American flag on it and started beating the shit out of him. Well, and they should because he should be made to pay for the white man's yeah. aggression. You know, eye for an eye, man. You gotta take a breath here. Take a breath. <laughs> He's just being facetious, right? No, I mean, I mean, if a white guy stabs a black woman, 
uh, in the streets of San Francisco. Every white person should be made to pay. Okay. So if you yeah, if you see a white guy on the street, uh, signal your virtue real hard and beat the crap out of Stab him. Stab a Nazi. Yeah. So this poor guy basically was getting the shit kicked out of him until the police finally showed up. And, and as they were, like, dragging him away to keep him from getting his ass um, killed, um, he was covering his face, obviously, because they're – obviously, they're going to pull up their phones. and But they got snap pictures of this guy, and, and there's some uh, social media um, images of this guy, um, you know, full picture of him, and saying uh, – this is the racist white supremacist proud boy that tried to infiltrate the the vigil. Find out who this is. It's yeah. like this is the kind of shit we're getting to right now, and uh, it ain't good because oh, a I lot agree. of a lot of guys on the right are going to be like, "Hey, you know what? We are going to have a rally, but guess what? We're not going to pull a fucking permit, and we're going to be armed, and that's going to get ugly." Yeah, that's what I'm worried about. Well, and you, I. I don't condone them being armed, but at the same time, what do you do when these fucking Antifa people are showing up and they're organized and they're... Well, I think it's bullshit even when you have a speaker, a controversial speaker show up, or quote-unquote controversial, like Laura, Lauren Southern or, or Gavin McGinnis or, or Ben Shapiro shows up at a... And you want to hear them speak, right? Mm-hmm. And you know before you go that there's going to be a lot of these anti, you know liberty protesters and, and rabble rousers and antifa out there and you want to protect you want to still see this you're not going to be cowed and be a, you, you want to go up but you also want to be protected so you're going to show up either um with uh let's say you know these guys are going to do mace you know these guys are going to do those fucking air horn things that'll mm-hmm. blow your eardrums out so you're going to and throw bricks so you're going to show up you're going to wear a um you know a batting helmet and you're going to have a gas mask around your neck and you'd be like if they if they do it i'm going to be prepared and the cops go nah no 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 you're you're in your that's instigation or whatever we're taking those you can't you can't come to the event and protect yourself i'm like that's bullshit i mean actually if i have a concealed carry permit i'm fucking bringing the gun too you know i would be i would be okay if the cops stopped you from doing that if the second they saw one of these masked guys do anything they grabbed like show up in a fucking mask yeah put them down and arrest them you see them show up with a mask on you put them down you go no 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 put them down as in Knock him on the ground and yeah. arrest him. Yeah, tase him or whatever. Yeah. I love me a good tasing. <laughs> Weren't you saying the other day you want to get hit with one of those just to see what it feels like? Yeah, I, I would actually. We can probably arrange that. But on the other hand, you know, there's that, what, percent chance that it'll kill you. So. Yeah, you're not going to die. You never know. Have a good stroke out or something. I don't know. Uh, I'd, I'd be worried. I'd like shit myself or something. <laughs> I don't mind screaming like a little girl because I've seen plenty of people do it. Yeah. You know, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, because you know, some guys, some people are kind of like almost immune to it where they can actually stand it and they can pull the barbs out and all that kind of stuff. Well, there was that, there was that 16 year old kid here in Minnesota yeah. who got yeah, tased think, twice by the cops. I think sometimes that when you have the right brain chemistry and adrenaline, I think you can handle it. But um, yeah, I'd just like to see, you know, I mean, I, th- I think if you get jabbed in the back of the prongs, we can, you can't, we can get that done. Yeah. I know people. We can get you tased. <laughs> All right. Well, let's hit the brick. All right. We've got the table talk topics here. We'll end with those. Um, and if you're new to the show, we just uh, have this pack of cards and have questions, random questions on it that we answer. If you're new to the show, shame on you. Go back and listen to old episodes. Yeah. And like and rate. All right, Rooster. Where's your favorite place to sit at home? Wow. Um... We got a like a den loft kind of thing upstairs. 
a really comfortable couch on it. And the kids generally don't go in there. So, yeah, there. Is that where you play video games? No, that's in the basement. Because this room is up by where everybody sleeps, and I play video games late at night. So, Which usually involves a lot of swearing at the screen. Yeah, I've got a little love seat in my man cave that uh, um, I probably spend most of my time on. But that's because that's where I play video games. That's where I watch TV. And that's where I uh, chill with my dogs. How many square feet do you live in? Uh, 147,000 square feet. It's huge. A huge place. It's a McMansion, basically. McMansion. All right, next card. You want gum McFries with that? Yeah. Would you rather read the book or see the movie? Ah, uh, that totally depends on the book and the yep, movie. Absolutely. Like a good example of that recently was uh, Ready Player One was a fun read. Um, I enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, the movie was meh. So that's one. That's an example. Um, uh, uh, the road, Cormac McCarthy's The Road is a book that I read and I'm not, I'm not ashamed to say it. I wept openly at the end of that book. That was a, that was a heart wrenching story, but, uh, the movie didn't do it for me. I didn't like it. Maybe I think even if I would have seen the movie before the book, reading the book, it, it would still wouldn't have had the impact that the book had on me. Yeah. Um, I don't know. The only thing I can think of right offhand is. I I really, as a kid, loved the original Star Wars trilogy. Read the books. They were okay. But when I saw the... I read the books for the prequels that came out. And the books were great. And the movie sucked. So... Well, there's like Star Trek. The there are some uh, Star Trek books I read. Uh, Kobayashi Maru. That's the best book ever. It, it was... Yeah. Um, that was... That would that made a better book than it, they could ever make it a movie or a show. Out oh of yeah, that. absolutely. Um, but I think there's you can get a little bit of both too. Like with Larry Correa, he writes really good cinematic action scenes in his books. So when you're reading his action scenes, you're like picturing you're like God, this would make a goddamn good movie. And so you want to see that movie, but it's it's not an either or. It's both. You, you kind of want you want both out of that situation. So well, I love the Lee Child Jack Reacher books. Yeah, And uh, they asked Lee Child why they hadn't – I mean, they did make that first Reacher movie that was really good. And then the second Reacher With movie – With Tom Cruise, yeah. The second Reacher movie was terrible. Yeah, but It they wasn't asked, terrible. It just wasn't – No, wasn't, it was terrible. Uh, I, I, I didn't hate it. I, I just wouldn't watch it again. The first one, I, I would watch again if it was that good. Well, okay. Let me say it this way. If you liked – I love the Reacher character and Tom Cruise is not him. But in the first movie, he did a great job of being him. In the second movie, other than the first 15 minutes of it, they just, they did stuff that wasn't even the character. Yeah. Like him having a kid and all that. He yeah. doesn't have a kid, but anyway. Um, but yeah, I, I I remember hearing, they were talking to Lee Child about that. And they said, how come more of these haven't been movies? And he says, if you think about it, most of the stuff in those books happens in Reacher's head. And yeah. it's absolutely true. Yeah, it's how he perceives what's going on around him, and and it's in split seconds sometimes. But you're getting full pages of what he's like thinking in just a few seconds. Yeah, because he'll talk about you know three guys confront him, and they'll talk about why you're going to hit this guy first and that guy second, and then like there's 20 seconds of action in the book, but it takes five pages to explain what's going on. That's really good. Well, have you ever watched or read a novelization of a movie? Like a movie comes out and then they not make a book album have you ever done i haven't well that's what happened with those star wars books oh, okay. I, re- I read those after and but those are like those are like in the shared universe they're not you're not just watch you're not reading 
right? The same story rehashed from the movie to put in book form, right? There, that's a continu- it's like a continuation of the story, or it's like an, a different side story. They add more to it. Okay. Oh, I can think of one. One of my favorite all-time movies is Last of the Mohicans. The book isn't that good. Okay. The book's really, it's very sort of a 1930s white person viewing how the world was 100 years ago, and and the movie's just way better. Way better. Yeah, so it's it's kind of both, back that, and forth. That's a movie, if, if, if I'm sitting on the couch and it comes on, I'll watch it. All right, one more. Huh. <laughs> What's your favorite fast food meal? Uh, how about yours? Uh, probably the, like any of the fast food Chinese places, like Panda Express or... Oh, Lian uh, Chin? Lian Chin, yeah, Panda Express. And what's the other one? There's a, another one that's fast food that's Chinese. It's like really, it's got the stuff all laid out and they just scoop it up and put it in a bowl. Um, I can only think of Panda Express and Lian Chin. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, that's my favorite. I mean, Chinese food in general, the, the stuff that's bad for you food-wise, that's my favorite. But yeah, the fast food is a... Every once in a while, I'm like, and by once in a while, I mean like every two months, I'm like, you know, Big Mac would taste really good. And then I eat it. And while I'm eating it, I'm like, God, this is so good. Why didn't I eat these more often? And then about an hour later, you're like, that's why I don't eat those. That's that's me with Whopper Juniors. I get like two Whopper Juniors and I'm like, man, these are good. But then. Might be because you ate two of them. I feel like shit afterwards. Well, one, f- like an actual regular Whopper, I just don't like as much. I just like the, like the, the perfect portion size of, of. Of two Whopper Juniors. I don't get it. I think if I have to pick one, and it's probably because I don't get it as much because there are not as many around here, but uh, um, Kentucky Fried Chicken stuff. You know what? I used to love their barbecue wings. God, I loved those things. Um, And uh, you you get like a pack of 20 of them, and I could just eat them down in like five minutes. Love them. My favorite used to be soft taco, soft chicken tacos from Taco Bell, but then they put a different sauce on them. They put like the meat sauce that they were putting on there and put it on the chicken. Yeah. Taco Bell is another good one where like, I actually like their nachos Belgrande sometime. I get that craving for that just completely shitty, you know, hangover or, you know, before the hangover food binge kind of thing. Yeah. So. No, I, yeah, that's, that's a KFC. So, well, with that, we're up against time. So we're going to call it. All right. Thanks for putting up with the the construction yeah, noise. A little tonight. bit of background noise. I might be able to get rid of it, but if I didn't, uh, yeah. So sorry. Too bad. Uh, if you want to contact us, it's rooster at breadandcircusespodcast.com or crow at breadandcircusespodcast.com. I'm trying to talk rooster into getting on Twitter because I, I think I would fucking rage quit it in, within a week anyway. All so. right. It's 20 episodes. I got to just do it. All right. Rooster's going to get on Twitter. So you can, you can, you're going to end up tweeting at, uh, is that, is that the, uh, is that the way you say tweet? You're going to tweet know. at him? <laughs> I don't fucking know. Yeah, I don't but know you're going to, yeah. You, uh, We're going to do the Twitter thing. Yeah, you can ask him questions or talk shit to him all you want. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, well, if you talk shit to me, I'm just going to pass it on to Crow. <laughs> but uh, uh, please like and rate if you get the chance. Tell your friends. Love to, love to have more listeners. See you, bye. Bye.